so cool and I'm so groovy. We know get boom, boom, boom. Hello, 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 hello. Normally, you would hear the Dookie Radio Show theme song kicking in right about now. Not this time, however. As a one-off, this episode is going to feature something a little different on the intro tune front. It's my tribute to Mark Maron. If you're a fan of Maron's excellent WTF podcast, this will have some relevance to you. You may even find it to be charming or at least slightly amusing. But if you've never heard of Mark Maron or his podcast before, the next uh, little bit of jingle-related humour will just sound odd. Very odd. But a bit of oddness is not a bad thing. Lock the gates! Are we doing this? Really? Wait for it. Are we doing this? Wait for it, you wanker! How? The Dookie Radio Show. P-D-R-S. Did I really have to spell it out for you? Jesus. What the hell is wrong with me? It's time for T-D-R-S with Dookie. All right, let's do this. How are you readers of Charles Dukowski anti-Duke demonstrators, overindulgent drinkers who have to duke? It's me, Dookie. Give us your name. And yes, this is an unadulterated piss take dedication celebration of legendary comedian podcaster and facial hair wearer mark maron's theme song let's get on with the show all of london even the handbags are swinging to the sides of the dookie radio show the dookie radio show does not broadcast on a frequency that exists however it's available for download every monday if you're up for it and oh heads up you are I think I feel something moving, and it's in my trousers. Please do not do the screamies. We are only here to explore the scintillating situations happening in your city. Sit back and enjoy. Welcome to Scintillating Situations in Your City with Sylvia Silversmith. Hello, Sylvia. Hello, Dookie. Hello, Dookie listeners. What have you got in store for us this week? Dookie, it's been a long time. It has. It's been such a long time. I don't know why it's been a long time, but it's been a long time. I've been stuck in the studio finishing up musical projects. I've been disappearing so far up my own arse that my middle name has legally been changed to Sphincter. Well, Dookie, Marcia is here and she wants to voice some concerns. Yeah, Dookie, uh, it's been a long time. Since you rock and rolled. Uh, I think it's been a little too long. It can never be too long. You know, I got overheards coming out the wazoo here. And I got some coffee places for you. You know, I'm swinging towards the independence. Bring it on. So this could be a 180 degree turnaround from where you're normal. Yeah. Costa-based loyalties have lied. It's true. I found I found some good ones, but you know we we gotta get this thing on track. We gotta you know we gotta be more regular. You know I don't know whether that involves taking like some podcast laxatives or something. But I definitely need some podcast fiber. Yeah, maybe you know maybe with some more podcast fiber. You know, just so that we can maintain some more regularity. Absolutely. And, you know, Sylvia and I are coming up for our six-month housemate anniversary, and... How's it going? Dookie, we just are just in sync. We're just synced. We're just synced in so many ways. We're synced in so many ways. We're, you know, we could even start considering getting a pet at this rate. What kind of pet would you... you Welcome to your house. Yeah, I'm not that big on the pets, but... You know, I like things that can clean their own bum holes, but, you know, yeah, but, you know, we're at that level, you know, Sylvia, if you wanted a, you know, some kind of critter, uh, you know, knock yourself out, I wouldn't, you know, I'd feed it, you know, you wanted me to, I could take it for a walk, you know, whatever, you know, I guess I prefer a cat because they're less hassle, you know what I mean? And also they do 
deal with the fecal issue in a very unique way. Yeah, but it kind of stinks up your house. I, you know, I, I, you know, I, I like cats as long as they belong to other people. I just don't, you know, I, I like cats. I've looked after cats. I'm happy to cuddle a cat, but I just don't speak cats. I'm confused because only a minute and a half ago, you indicated that you two are in sync We're so in much sync. so that true. getting a pet would be We're very in... much on the cards for you guys. Yet, it seems as though you both haven't really developed an allegiance to any type of pet or pet ownership in general. We're so, like, comfortable now. It's like a, it's like a couple who, start, who have been together and they've laid the foundations that they start thinking about having children. So I guess what I mean by that is like housemates start, you start thinking about what's the next level. So that's where we're at. We're, we've, we've laid so many foundations. We're so comfortable with each other that you start thinking, so where do we go from here? And I guess the pet, you know, with housemates. But, you know, Marcia, like you say, you're not really a pet kind of gal. And I don't speak cat. And so I think we'll just leave it where it is. You know, we just bubble along just really nicely. Really nicely. Like we even make coffee for each other and stuff now. Is this another reason why Marsha is no longer a sole champion of the commercial mainstream coffee retailers? Well, you know, I've just found a couple of independents that don't completely, you know bite you know i just think we need to start thinking about some podcast fiber because we need to get more regular you know we were really regular before we were on like the you know the flaxseed you know what i mean we were taking flaxseed we were regulars every week it was good you know when you get nice and regular you get a rhythm and lately it's just like we've been constipated and, you know, it's not its not comfortable. You're right. We need to reintroduce podcast flaxseed into yeah. our respective podcasting diets. Yeah, we need to get off the opiates. You know what I mean? It's like opiates, you know, they're, they they make you constipated. It's, it's a proven fact. It's, you know, lots of people know that. If you're taking opiates, you, you're not doing a lot of pooping. You know what I mean? Hey, listen, if you're taking fucking heroin, you're full of shit. Uh, yeah, literally. So uh, You're an asshole. The Dookie Radio Show podcast needs to get off the opiates, you know, get off the high-protein diet and start eating its vegetables. You get me? You know, let's get some flax seeds going on. Are you feeling blocked up? Are you out of sorts? Well, Fiberman's gonna come along and stick a big carrot up your ass. Yeah, like, sorry, you left me a little speechless there. Yeah, um, I'd, I'd be happy for the kale. Yeah, this this lady likes her kale. Did you guys not like Fiberman? Yeah, Fiberman was great. Uh, this lady really likes her kale. You know. I don't know why I've got such a thing for Kale. On Kale, the Welsh member no. of the the musical outfit Velvet Underground. Funnily enough, Dookie, I'm not. I am talking about Curly Kale. I believe it's a member of the Cabbage family. And boy, do I love that stuff. Like, sometimes I even think you could offer me a big slice of double fudge cake with extra frosting or a, an enormous plateful of stir-fried kale. And sometimes I think I would actually pick the kale. Isn't that weird? Yes. This this lady... Yeah, Dookie, it's kind of disconcerting. You know, like, she'll buy one of those huge bags of kale, like, pre-prepared, and eat, like, the whole thing. And if it's in the cabbage family... Uh, yeah, let's well, just Well, it's say going to have consequences. It, yeah, fortunately, I'm not too near the consequences. But yeah, yeah, I don't know, Sylv. You, you might stay away from it on date night. You know what I mean? Oh, I wouldn't, you know. There's certain, certain foodstuffs you need to stay away from on date night or around date night. Like the night before date night, date night itself. And then, you know, the night after date night, then knock yourself out. That's the rule. K. 
kale. Kale. You know, let's think about stuff that you don't have pre-date night or day night itself. So anything in the cabbage family. Also, a lot of Tex-Mex cuisine would probably be off the menu. And as much as I love curries. Yes, a curry is not good. Not good, Dookie. That stuff kind of just comes out all over. I don't mean that in a graphic sense, but, you know, it builds up in your pores. Maybe it's, I don't know whether it's the turmeric that's in it or the onions or whether it's a combination. I love it too. I love a good Indian, but it does come out all over. It's, it, people would know. So appropriate food stuff for pre-date night or date night would be... Bland foods. Salads. Blends. Yes, a, a nice salad, you know, fruity vegetable stuff. You know, anything... Dookie, you're a vegetarian. Right? I am. As are you, Sylvia. Now, I don't know if we've ever discussed this on this show, but have you encountered the foodstuff that calls itself Bean Feast? (laughs) Oh, yes. Now. Bean Feast. I've not seen it in a while, and there's probably a reason for it. I don't even know what you guys are talking about, but I think I can kind of guess. It is a mince beef mint substitute. Uh, what, like ground beef? Yes. What okay. the North Americans call chuck. Is that uh, right? Yeah, well, I call it ground beef. Ground yeah. beef. Where did I get chuck from? Is yeah, it... some people, I guess they call it chuck. My name's but, chuck. Yeah, not in my, my house. They call it ground beef, I right. guess. So, but the thing about bean feast is, is that, yes, it is a, 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 a ground beef substitute, but it's dehydrated. Right? Yes. And you buy it in like... Space age technology. Yes. So you buy it in a packet like you would buy like rice aroni or something like that. Like in one of those sealed foil packets. And then what do you... I can't remember. It's been a while since I've had it. What do you do with it? You you reconstitute it by just adding boiling water. Isn't that right? Yes. And you wait for the magic to happen in every sense. And and I seem to remember it being very savory. Yes. You know, not just salty, but savory. Savory, like really savory. Yeah, I think because inherently it's just meat-free cardboard that's in desperate need of hydration and hit with every kind of spice and flavor yeah, that you can so imagine. I remember it like not taste, you know, it's not bad. You're not going to eat it and go, oh my God, this is disgusting because I know that I've had it more than once. But, you know, it's, so it's not bad. It's not, it doesn't taste terrible. It's very savory. You know, you have it with mashed potatoes or something like that. But then, an hour later, two hours later, Dookie, maybe? Oh, yeah. oh my wordly wordlington. I mean, I, I have even spoken to other vegetarians about this, and apparently Bean Feast is just notorious. It is like nothing else on earth. In terms of the effect that it has. I mean, I, and I don't like doing that kind of thing. But there comes a point when you eat bean feast that you have to embrace it. Because otherwise you'll drive yourself nuts. You know, I get really, you know, upset at my own body. And I just found myself, I just had to go with it. I've never felt more self-loathing than the first time that I had Bean Feast it, and the inevitable vile outcome uh, of my its legacy. I mean, you know, have a curry. I mean, if it's, if, if it's the night before date night and your choice is between a curry and Bean Feast, you have to go for the curry. Because the Bean Feast is just obnoxious. And noxious. <laughs> it, it's a, it puts the noxious in obnoxious. It puts the noxious in obnoxious. I mean, strangely enough, it's quite fitting that you mention date night and yes. bean feast in the same sentence. Yeah. Because the company who produced bean feast, now anyway, yes. Bachelors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds fitting. Yeah, based on what you guys are t- telling me. I mean, my God. Well, you know, it, well, I'm a big believer in things called body mints. Have you two heard of these? Yes, you eat it and it's supposed to freshen you up in every sense. Yes, I'm a big fan. You you take them just like you would take like a multivitamin. And apparently they're made out of chlorophyll, which I know is completely debunked in the scientific world. 
as in it has nothing good to do for the body because it needs sunshine and unless you stick a flashlight up your bum hole it's not gonna work but i truly believe that it works so i'm suggesting that if you have to eat something like bean feast oops I forgot that I'm going on a date tomorrow. Then you could mitigate the noxious effects by taking some body mints. Ooh, Johnny, yes, I'm really loving this first date, but you smell like a strange combination between shit and mint. Yeah, that's that's not good. It, it you know, uh, it's not good. It, it's like, you know, something you would experience on a date with someone who owns a hot tub. You know what I mean? Oh, which is quite fitting <gasps> in its own right. Isn't that a beautiful transition? Yes, it's my understanding, Sylvia, that on this installment of Scintillating Situations in Your City, yes. that there is a hot tub theme. Tell me oh, more. Oh, my word, Dookie. We've been gone for way too long, and you would think, like last year... Hot Tub Cinema came to an end, and I was very disappointed because I reported on it too late. And so, therefore, this year, I was determined to get on that bad boy so that we could all get down there. And I signed up for their newsletter. Now, Hot Tub Cinema actually went on for longer than it did last year, or so it seemed. But this year, it not only went on longer, it has transformed itself for the winter into pillow cinema. Pillow cinema. So Pillow cinema dookie. Gone, oh my word. Gone are the jets in hot water. Gone. And this is quite fitting as well because I would imagine that the majority of the pillows that they use are filled with beans. <gasps> bean bags. How did you know, dookie? Bean bag feast. It's a bean bag feast. Feast. So for date night, what better thing to do on a date night than to go all the way beans, but instead of bean feast, bean bags. This is bean bag cinema in Shoreditch, where what they do is fill the whole venue with huge bean bags and you rent them out at 15 pounds, which if you're splitting a bean bag, it's only seven pounds fifty each, and you want cinema. And how fabulous. Should I tell you some of the movies they have coming up that they're screening? Hit me! The movie Up, which I hear is very good. I haven't seen it myself, and you want to know why I haven't seen that movie. Because it's just too feel-good. No, Dookie! Because of its hype some no, four years ago when it came out. She's such a sap. Uh, you know, I know for a fact why you haven't seen it, because you're a sap. Yes, I am a sap, it is true. She heard some rumor that the dog in the movie comes to a bad end. Ooh, spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler alert. She heard that there's some peril involving the dog. And that, because I wanted to see it, and I asked her, you know, you want to watch it? And that's why, isn't it? It's true. I have to confess to being a big sap. But I have also heard that it's really good. So hopefully you're not as big a sap as I am, and the thought of children or animals being in peril doesn't bother you then go see up they're they're showing that up a film that makes you want to clench your beanbag tightly it sounds it does sound really good hopefully i'll get the nerve to watch it and maybe uh, marcia you can fast forward through any of the bits where anyone's in any peril the wolf of wall street is showing uh what else is showing a movie called boyhood that i have never heard of oh yes that's a link letter film isn't it? Oh, well, that's the one that was yes. filmed over a decade and a half, featuring yes. Richard Linkletter's son. Yes, I do believe it was. Yes, so Boyhood, the Grand Budapest Hotel, which I have actually seen, and I can attest to, if you're into Wes Anderson films, it is really good. Sumptuous cinematic it's goodness. It's very beautiful. It's a very beautiful film. Good for a date, I would say. 500 Days of Summer, they're showing. Uh, Despicable Me 2, they're showing. Black Swan plus optional ballet class. Is the ballet class before or after the showing of the film? Well, I don't actually know. I mean, can you imagine? Dookie, have you seen that movie? I haven't seen it I missed it when it was doing the cinematic rounds 
some four years ago again. But, uh, ooh, with a beanbag and with a possible class afterwards, I'm there. Yeah, I, you know, I keep wanting to see it. In fact, I thought that I would see it in the cinema, and then I just kept reading about how kind of outrageous it was, like, in terms of, like, it was almost kind of panto-y ballet. Maybe it's better when you're hugging a pillow. Maybe it's better on a pillow with a date, and maybe with a ballet class. Now, I have actually done ballet classes, and they are so boring. Dookie. I mean, these people are disciplined. You need discipline. You need discipline to do like 500 plies on one leg and then turn around and do them on another one or whatever on earth that they're doing. Because, you know, that's discipline because it's so boring. I'm not saying that you don't get, you know, effects from it. You know, you build up muscle, etc. But boy, is it boring, Dookie. Oh, my word, is it boring. I might give Black Swan a miss. What other films have they got? A Senna, about the racing car driver. Right. You remember him? I I, don't remember him personally. I do, yes. uh, An absolute uh, womanising legend. A pretty nasty piece of work, from what I I understand. I mean, I had never heard of him before the movie came out. Ron Howard directed that film. Yes, there you go. But, you know, it looks like a good movie. Magic Mike, you know, looks like a bit of, you know, leave your brain in a jar and sit and watch it. It's fine. It's not going to hurt anyone. Channing Tatum is just so tasty. (gasps) Yes, I'm sure he is very tasty. He doesn't do anything for me personally but i um, i can see it dead poet society might be a good revisit not seen the film in a while but my gut tells me that dead poet society has dated very well and obviously it's going to be an emotive viewing on account uh, of the departure of, of robin williams the wonderful which, wonderful i don't even want to say anything about it I because it, it hit me hard i know it hit both of you quite hard oh, as well just terrible just terrible and then dookie on a lighter note, the movie Fight Club, but Dookie, they're calling it Pillow Fight Club. <laughs> How fantastic is that? That's on the 28th of November. And then all kinds of, they're showing Miracle on 34th Street, which, you know, what a great way to get into Christmas. And March of the Penguins, which I've heard is amazing too. Just a whole movie focusing on penguins and their lifestyles and their habitats lifestyles that makes them sound like they're all going out like doing fabulous things in drag but not that kind of lifestyle just like how they live their life so an interesting combination between mainstream and slightly left of center cinema that you can all enjoy within the comforts of a beanbag the choice is just fabulous and i just can't think of anything better to go and see cinema whilst you're curled up with someone who you love and or admire. And or want to love. Or want to love. And Ooh, how fabulous. She's bean feast worthy. Oh, how fabulous. Dookie, does it get any better? I'm really into drag queens at the moment. Well, there was a, a series on television here called Drag Queens of London. I love them. Can I just big up a few people? Rosie Beaver and Violet are my favorites. My favorite drag queens possibly ever. Can I just say that? I know that if you're in the States and you're listening to this, I know for a fact that you guys are just now being exposed to the wonderful television program that is Pineapple Dance Studios. Yes, and Louis Spence is crossing yes, the pond. I'm, he's crossing boundaries. I'm not saying he's a drag queen. I know he does actually drag up, but he's not an actual drag queen. But, you know, the man is very entertaining. Say what you will about him. His campness is off the charts, but he is very entertaining. And I seriously got into that show when it was on here. The States are getting it a couple of years late, actually. It was on television here around 2011 or so, was it not? That sounds about right. I got very heavily into that show. And Dookie, I know you watch this because we've talked about it off air. Dog Hotel. Dog Hotel. Dog Hotel. Dookie, I could die. Dog Hotel may be the best thing that has ever been on television. Breaking Bad, 
Breaking What? Oh, Dookie, Breaking Bad, Breaking What? You the are wire so- old oh, hat. There Dookie. is a dog hotel. If you are in a country where you cannot access the television show that is Dog Hotel, you need to fly over here. I will personally put you up in my living room and have you watch it. Matt and Leon, the stars of the show, they are the most amazing couple ever. Hi, I'm Matt. And I'm Leon. We run House of Hugo. It's a stylish, super swish hotel, but it's for dogs. We should say for those who are uninitiated to the glories of Dog Hotel that this is a reality show which follows two people. Yes. A couple. Yes. Leon and Matt. And they're one of a kind, the very first luxury hotel and spa for dogs on the south coast here in England. They are just the most fabulous creatures and Dookie, I am here to tell you that the fact that they are not related to me is a tragedy beyond all human measure. I'm thinking about writing I hear you, sister. Isn't it? Dookie, I think that you and I should write a joint misery memoir just detailing this huge tragedy that is the fact that you and I are not related to Matt and Leon. It's a tragedy beyond human proportions, such that has never been known since the dawn of civilization. People would read this misery memoir and then go to work and they would say, like their colleagues would say, have you read the Andy and Sylvia story? And they would go, and their the colleague would go, oh my God, I just, I can't. You're so brave to have read that. I mean, it's misery beyond compare. And the person who read it would be like, I know it was absolutely harrowing. It kept me up nights, but I just could not stop turning the pages. You know, kind of like that. I'm holding back the tears at the moment. Are you dookie? It would be like a whole Kleenex box worth of book there about the tragedy that Matt and Leon are not related to us. I need them to be my brothers. I really do. Although that would be weird because if that was, they were both my brothers, that would mean they were brothers and then they would be committing incest. Well, no, you could have one as a brother and then the other by default would be your brother-in-law. <gasps> oh, Matt and Leon, if you're listening, I don't care which one of you wants to adopt me as your sister. And We need a gateway. Oh, please. And I, I just love you both so much. And I, I'm a dog hotel groupie. She's got that show on. She's watched it, you know, the same episode like 12 times. And I'm, I'm like, all I do is look up and see dogs being swimming in a pool with a guy in a wetsuit. And I, you know, whatever, it's a bit of family entertainment, you know, knock yourselves out. They seem to set up a good business. That's great. Good on you. You know, they seem like nice people. I think that's good to see on television. But, you know, all I can think of is what if the dog poops in the pool? You know what I mean? What is this point? Well, you know when women who are pregnant and they're giving birth, they elect to do it in the pool? You know, they want to have a water birth? Yes. Sometimes, you know, what? I can't even say it. I can't even say it. Sometimes, you know, when you're are no. we talking about afterbirth? No, I'm not. I'm not talking about that. I'm Are talk- we talking about dog poo in a hydrotherapy I'm pool? I'm talking about, you know, a woman. I haven't given birth, so excuse me if I'm getting this wrong. I'm just thinking, you know, when you're pushing. Oh, the idea that when you're pushing that, it's not just a baby yeah, you're giving birth to. You know, and then you could, and I have heard of like the woman's partner is in the pool with them, helping them out. And then, you know, things, the wrong thing comes out. Can I just say that? A brown baby boy. Oh, you know, and I just, I can't help. Every time I've seen this guy in a wetsuit with the dog in the pool, I can't help thinking, you know, because dogs might have more of a compunction to do that kind of thing. But then you got it in the pool. And if I, you know, you guys, all right, adopt them, whatever. But, you know, I hope you do, because I want to ask him, you know, what has that ever happened? A compunction for defecation in a hydrotherapy pool. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, yeah. Okay, yeah. You guys are really obsessed with that show. The show is following 
this particular establishment, which is called House of Hugo, which is named after one of the three dogs that <gasps> the Leon and Matt Henderson Rude oh, own. They're so lovely. Dookie, are you... Or have in the family. I don't like the idea. What Can we come up with a way to phrase one's relationship with a pet? No. Being a pet owner sounds a bit like a slave owner. And I feel that our furry friends, family members, deserve something different. Dookie, I'm with you. Marcia, I have to disagree with you. The, yes, we do need... You know, some people, dog and cat owners, pet owners, feel uncomfortable with the kind of mommy-daddy relationship Mm. that some people have with their pets. I know that you have that with your Molly. But some people are, you know, they're uncomfortable with that, and I can understand that. But owner is, like, too much, too. Doggy family, perhaps? Yeah, but that's too... Matt and Leon's doggy family. Yeah, okay, they're dog family. Matt and Leon's adopted what about doggy offspring. Flock. Flock is good. I like flock. Because especially because I know that your dog is part sheepdog and she's all about the flock, isn't she? She wants everybody to be together. She gets a little bit farty yeah. when people are in different rooms. Like if we're all around, because she likes Marcia and I, she now sees us as the flock. So she wants all of us to be together. Isn't that right, Dookie? So it's kind of like you're a flock member. So Matt and Leon's flock are three ginger ninjas, which are like three red-headed dogs. Even though they're not Irish setters, I can't work out what they are. And one of them is a big fluffy teddy bear thing called Scooby, who's just lovely. They're all lovely. It's just the loveliest family. And Dookie, I think we should stop gushing about it now because Marcia is looking at us like she's just eaten an ice cream sundae and now she feels a little sick. Um, Fair enough. Not all the listeners to this podcast will be doggy people, but you do not have to be a doggy person to appreciate the personalities featured in the show Dog Hotel. Yeah, I get it. You know, it's nice to see something on television that's just nice. You know, it's just, you know, nobody's arguing. Nobody's going to be eliminated. Nobody's competing. Nobody's doing anything weird. You know, nobody's, you know, you just look up and you see a nice couple building up their business from the ground and... You know, pe- you know, they're trying to help people, and, you know, it's nice. Yeah, I don't have a problem with it. It's about it's a new business which is clearly a labour of love for this couple, and all the staff working there appear to have idyllic lives. Well, now I know what to buy you two for Christmas, anyway. You know? They do sell merchandise. Yeah, yeah, Sylvie made me aware. Yeah, definitely. Sylvia, it has been a pillow-bitingly good (gasps) experience having you here on Scintillating Situations in Your City on the Dookie Radio Show. Thank you, Dookie. Thank you, Marcia. Thank you, Dookie listeners. This has been Sylvia Silversmith reporting on Scintillating Situations in Your City. Cheated on me with a lifeguard. So, Dookie, Marcia, I think that I have really been feeling quite exposed here because I'm telling you about my very, very deep and abiding sisterly love for Matt and Leon, the owners of the House of Hugo, which their show is a guilty pleasure. But I do know that I feel like I have to out both of you. You two need to be outed. We need to be outed. The two of you need to be outed as people who have a fetish for particularly low-budget shows to do with Pastry competitions, am I right? This is true. I know where you're going with this. Yeah, Dookie, I think I know. I'm frankly a little bit embarrassed. She heard us talking downstairs when we were just, you know, I was making you tea. 
I think she's right. I think we should just out ourselves. Donut Showdown. Donut Showdown. Wow. I mean... Yes, it's on the Food Network here in the UK, produced by a Canadian company, although the show features contestants from both sides of the border. And I'm not referring to sexual orientation either in a euphemistic way there. What side of the border are you from? I'm from Windsor. Every show, these three pastry chefs have to make donuts. And the, they, they go through two competitions, don't they? So the, the first half of the show is they have to make a dozen donuts using a mystery ingredient. And the mystery ingredient is usually something quite disturbing and un-donut-like. Well, yeah. Fried chicken was so, one yeah, of them. So that's what I was going to say. Like, you know, what you and I were just saying, uh, that gave me nightmares. You know, I don't have a problem with fried chicken. Fried chicken made me the woman I am today. I was raised on fried chicken. But, Dookie, what you and I didn't mention, did you see the one with the corn dogs? That was all kinds of disturbing. Oh, man. Corn dogs are not a common delicacy on this side of the pond. No. Thankfully. You know, as an American kid, right, Sylv, as an American kid, when you're growing up, you're supposed to think of corn dogs is like the most amazing thing, you know, it's like party food, it's like with school cafeteria when it's corn dog day, everybody gets excited, isn't that right, Sylv? I remember corn dog day. I remember it well. Yes, you're right. You do have to get very excited. And I Why do you have to get very excited? I don't guess it. Well, it's like it's like, Dookie, what, what did you have as a kid that when, you know, like you would have it as a special treat and you'd get really excited about it? Probably some kind of incredibly labor-intensive roast. A roast? Yes, wow. like a Sunday roast. God, how posh are you? Jesus. <laughs> that was something no, quite special. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <A> w- <laughs> Some kind of vague interpretation of bratwurst, (laughs) breaded and fried, (laughs) is all kinds of disgusting. But but for you, it's special. Dookie, while she gets herself together... um, I had roasts, you had fucking corn dogs. (laughs) Dookie, did you grow up in the ambassador's reception? In a way, I did. I know you're very posh, but you know, like, kid food. You know, like, like, my nephews, like, you know, if I ask them today, like, so they're like nine and seven, right? So if I went up to them today at school and said, what could they have on the lunch menu that would get you really excited? Do you think that they would say a roast? No, I disagree with you here because um, in the Americas, we both know for a fact there is a show presented by Gordon Ramsay. What's this? Called Junior MasterChef. Yeah, that's all kinds of wrong, man. Oh, it is. Little kids these days are probably (laughs) more excited about Coca Van than corn dogs. Corn dogs. First, no. You ask any kid. Yeah, those kids aren't even normal. Those kids were making deconstructed versions of stuff that I didn't even know existed. What the fuck is this? Yeah, because those kids are freaks. And they're all going to grow up with eating disorders. But I'm talking about your normal, average kid. You ask him, like... Sylvia, yeah, what, what would your nephew say? So, my nephews, I remember... My friend, she's my friend. I call them my nephews, but she's not. She's my friend. She's my sister. Um, she said that if they could live on pizza, they would. Or, or like I know that every night, every Friday night around her house, right, is crisp night. Or you know, we would call them potato chip night because the children aren't allowed potato chips during the week. So on Fridays they have crispy night, where the children are allowed to have a packet of crisps before dinner or after dinner or whatever it is so you know like kid food they're not saying like oh my gosh it's roast beef night they are leading very sheltered lives so dookie as a kid really i mean all right so what if you went out to like an amusement park or whatever what would you i mean you're not like getting roast beef what would you have said dad can i have some of that i 
I mean, to be fair, if you go to a theme park, an amusement park, as you called it, it would be the standard fare. It would be burgers and right, those bur- kind so of you know, yeah, handheld yeah, you got excited parcels about a burger. of deliciousness. Yeah, so... Would that be a high-class thing that I was looking forward to? Not really. As a ki- well, I didn't mind it, but it wasn't... You're Juki, are a, yes. you part of the royal family? One must eat shit, mustn't yeah. one. <laughs> anyway, so, you know, as an... Okay, we're talking about normal kids. Normal kids ex- in the States, you're supposed to get excited about corn dogs. I'm not doing this in a um, airs and graces kind of way yeah, at Dookie, all. you couldn't have airs and graces if you tried. Uh, burgers we, just were... Number one, you could get them everywhere... You, you can yeah, get them everywhere. Yeah, but you weren't allowed to have them all the time. I mean, we weren't allowed. I mean, maybe today, nowadays, kids are Do you have more... a roast every day? No, but, you know, when it I was like... It became a once-a-week thing, which is quite special when in its When I was own nine, right. I wasn't like, oh, my God, we got to have roast beef. When I was nine, I was like, yeah, you know, I want pizza and burgers and ice cream. Yeah, you want ice cream. Didn't you want ice cream? Love ice cream. Yeah, you gotta get a. You know, you you didn't have ferals, but you know we had ferals. It's where you went for ice cream. Anyway, what I'm saying is, I hated corn dogs. We had uh, American actor Will Ferrell. Is that yeah? That's close enough. Yeah, that's close. We also had the the singer from. I can't believe I'm going here. We had a singer from Jane's Addiction. We had Perry Ferrell. Yeah, that's not getting any funnier. Um, so. Corn dogs are disgusting. They're like Beelzebub's butt plug, right? They're revolting. So these people on Donut Wars, or what's it called? Donut Showdown. Donut Showdown. They had to incorporate corn dogs into their first batch of donuts. Now that's giving me nightmares. That's disgusting. Even the contestants seem to be repulsed by the... Yeah, so prospect of having to incorporate corn dogs into a donut. One of them gets eliminated in the first round, and so then you get two left, and then they get another, and then they get a theme like the circus, and then they get another mystery ingredient like, well, like corn dogs, and yeah, that show's pretty pretty wrong. I mean, it, you know, it's made on the cheap, right? I mean, the set is pretty polished and whatever. But and they do have some celebrity judges. Yeah, you know, you Ace get Ace of Duff, Cakes, Duff Goldman. Duff Goldman. From Baltimore, USA, for instance. Dookie, I noticed... one of the judges. Last night, I know... Or looked, has been one of the judges. He's not, he's not always on each and every episode. Yeah, I noticed last night, speaking of Duff Goldman, you put something on your Facebook page. Yes, he had to <laughs> sample a donut which to be blunt, resembled a used tampon. Yeah, and when I saw it, I was like, oh my God, it really does. I can't believe I didn't think about that. It really does. And he said it was delicious, but he was sitting there looking at the thing like, don't say it's a tampon. Don't say it's a tampon. Don't say-. You could see him thinking this. He knew that the viewers knew that he knew. Yeah, I mean, he's just like, it's this kind of tampon-shaped donut that's kind of in enrobed in white frosting with a red tip. And it and it's on a stick, and he's looking at it, and he he is like, "Don't say it out loud! Don't say it out loud! God, don't let me say it out loud, please." This looks like a Lady Blood collection unit. Yeah, that's that's more of a moon cup. True. True. Are you enlightened enough to know what a moon cup is, Dookie? I bet you are. I do actually. Yes, yes. you do. That's a scary thing. This what? Is a Second conversation about moon cups I've had in a week. It must be a full moon today. Yeah, then and the other one was with a man as well. My other conversation about Are moon it. cups the the new maxi pad? Yeah, I don't know. I, and you know, I don't know how he mentioned it because he's a gay man, so it's not like he has a girlfriend running around, you know, leaving her moon cup next to the bed. It's so it was you know I find them very uncomfortable. As long as your moon cup does not runneth over, life is good. <laughs> so I was on a training course one time, and they were asking me to, like, take part in something in front of the room, and my moon cup was kind of making its way out. Oh. And things got very awkward. Very awkward. Bloody indeed. hell. Well, exactly. Exactly. Can we move on? Can, can we please, people... 
Donuts Showdown. Initially, it was hosted by a British person that lives in North America named Danny Boom. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, he had some weird British accent, kind of. I think he spent a fair bit of time in North America and has a slight mid-Atlantic drawl. Yeah. That lad was phoning it in, though. He was quite dull. And he'd make the same comment about the three contestants on each and every episode. Guys, I know you've got a tough decision ahead of you. And the decisions were indeed tough. They'd have strange things to make observations on. So, judges, what do you think? It's a really tough decision here. I got this mound of uh, greasy dough which resembles a receptacle for lady blood a a used receptacle and i need to think of ways in which that image does not come to mind now i gotta eat this but this british host danny boom only lasted a couple of episodes and they replaced him with somebody who's quite special to say the least he's Uh, never smiled once in his life i don't think he's actually human he looks a little bit like american 1980s actor griffin dunn and yeah, he know. he was in a film called After Hours as well oh, yeah, as yeah. Who's right, That yeah. Girl? I got you. Yeah. Okay. And, um, yeah. Good looking man. Yeah, and yeah, you know, he's a handsome guy, but, you know, God. The current presenter of Donut Showdown looks as though he should be a cast member in an adversarial way of the gang who feature on Big Bang Theory. He looks like he should be... A chemistry expert who's just been nominated for some I, award they all want. I like the way you're making the robot uh, hand gestures I'm doing some there. dancing as I'm saying <laughs> Even this. Even though this is like podcast. If you had a, a webcam facility hooked up, you would be impressed. Juki, the show's all kinds of wrong, but did you see the guy who painted menorahs on his donuts? There was a an was Orthodox Jewish man yeah. from Alberta. Yeah, he had a hey, really one, Is she beard. the only one? That's fucking oil country there. <laughs> That's like the Texas of Canada. <laughs> True. And um, I have no idea why that guy was being aggressive about somebody from that community. But yeah, this chap who resembled Alan Ginsberg circa yeah, 1972. Yeah, yeah, he really did. Yeah. Who had he was an autistic this. daughter yeah, who said I, very little. <laughs> I've shaped these bits of dough into menorahs. Now let's put them in the fryer. Okay, Dad, I'll put them in the fryer. And to represent the flames coming out of the candles, let's put some cheese on the donuts. Dad, I'm going to sprinkle the cheese you on the donuts. You don't think it was his daughter? I, I presume so. I think so. she was just another lump of dough. In the, but, you know, I just like the way the, the guy was trying to do the smack talk with the other with the other contestants, and they weren't really biting. Hey, Holmes, you think your donut looks like a menorah? And he's, like, trying to, like, yo, we got it. And I'm like, no, you know, you're not. It's, no. I, I think um, some of the contestants who take part on Donut Showdown are not dissimilar to the people who take part on Storage Facility Wars, Storage Hunters. Yeah, Any of those programs where people are taking part in auctions which are based um, in storage facilities. Dookie? Yes. You read my mind because I know also that you and Martha are also a bit keen on your people buying tat. There are enough of them in the UK here. You know, flog it and antiques. This is is gambling tat. Yes. Yes. Isn't it? Yes. Yeah, you know, you watch Storage Wars then. What is it? Storage Hunters. Yes. And then Storage Hunters UK, which is presented by stand up comedian and former American military veteran Sean Kelly. Yeah, I really watch it for him because he's pretty funny. He has the likability factor. He also has one of those kind of raspy voices, which I'm quite fond of. Hey, guys, we've got a lot of energy happening here, man. One of those. Yeah, Dookie, why is the UK one better than the US one? Normally, it's the opposite. Normally, yeah. if there's ever a British version of an American show, it tends to suck bum. Um, incidentally, if you like sucking bum, that's all good. Um, we love people who suck everything. We know a few people who like to suck bum. It's true, yeah. yes. Also, sucking bum is not a, a standard phrase. I have no idea no. where that came from. No, but it's a good one. Let's move on. Yes, move on. The UK version is vastly superior to the American it's one. It's because he's so open about calling people morons. I John think, Kelly, that is. I think in the Americas, there is such a litigious attitude towards 
anything and everything, particularly yeah. if it involves character know. assassination. Yeah, In the no. UK, we're not quite as uptight. So as a result, the host of Storage Hunters UK, Sean Kelly, he doesn't half dig into some of the I participants. I think it's because they're litigious. I think it's just Americans ha- don't have that sense of humor about, you know, taking taking the piss out of themselves. You know, like, you know... They- because us Americans are more likely to take it seriously. Like, if you call me a moron, I'm going to get upset. Whereas you British people are so used to calling yourselves morons that when somebody somebody calls you a moron, it's just like confirming what you already know. Yeah, I might already, mate. Tell me something exactly. I don't know. So they, they're just like, it just for you Brits, you know, it just washes off your back because you're just so like, yeah, I know. So, and it does, yeah, it does make like the guy who says boom, Boom! Yeah, like the, like Sean was just looking at him, and it was, Sean was actually saying to him, "What an idiot! Oh my God, you're such a moron!" And I, and you know, and and what's with that lady's hair? Nat is her name, and she oh, has yeah, yeah. quite a unique catchphrase, Natalie which and John. Sylvia Sylvia does quite a good impression of. Basically, whenever she wants to, when she wants to bid, yeah, she says, "Mine." And she says it a lot because the, the bids Mine. take place fast and furiously. What? I guess the cast of characters are a little more interesting because what, what's with the guy with the with the pantyhose? Tights. Stockings. I think now, the producers of the show wanted to find an effeminate dandy. Yeah, but that, you know... And instead they found a blonde lad who looks like he's bringing sectioning back rather than sexy back. Yeah! He looks like Dandy from the waist up, right? Because he's got all the fluffy lace at the throat and the and the jacket and he's got the floppy hair. But then He's got the public schoolboy fringe. Yeah, yeah, and you know, he's a good looking guy. But, it, it, but then from the waist down, he's wearing velvet shorts and pantyhose. And it's like, did you just walk out of playing Peter Pan? That's not Dandy. That's Peter Pan. And, and you know, they're just reinforcing a stereotype that all English people or all, Eng- all English men wear women's clothes. Well, we do. It's not yeah. it's a stereotype. So like, it's just you know, fat. like I have family members who actually, th- who actually, my niece actually said to me, yeah, but all men in England are gay. And I kind of, you know, I was... She this said, well, is why we import them. This is why we brought Sean Kelly in <laughs> well, to she, help yeah. bring some... She actually said to me, but they American are... American DNA. Said, well, you know, they're not all gay. And she said, yeah, but they all wear ladies' clothes. And then we had to go down that whole route, you know, just because you wear women's clothes and mean you're gay. You know, it's a minefield. Eddie Izzard would cry. Well, yeah, and it's just... Uh, so, but why do we watch these shows? I mean, it, it, Guilty pleasures. Yeah, it's a guilty pleasure, you know. And they're always on. And you know, and you know what I heard. You know, I read something about that. They, I haven't seen this on TV, but have you seen one where they they bid on luggage that's been left at the airport? That show came and went. I'm aware of oh, its existence. It's been, oh, so they they. You know, if people haven't picked up their luggage for, like, however, you know, a long time, they're not just going to give it away after a night. But people go and bid on it. So this journalist goes down, and and even the people who are bidding on it for the TV show were going, don't, you're not going to get anything. You're, you're lucky if you get charity clothes, right? But for the show, they actually planted stuff in, in the bags. This journalist found out. So they found, you know, they were, oh, look, there's some Tiffany diamonds. Somebody just happened to leave these in here. Do you think they do that on Storage Wars? I don't want to get sued, but, you know, isn't it? Don't sue us. We like your show. Don't. I suppose. Surely they have to make it interesting. I suppose that some of the scenarios are carefully engineered for entertainment purposes. Yeah, is that litigious? I hope not. Sean, hi, you know, drop by the show. I'd love to have you on. But, you know, it's just, let's just say, I'm sure they kind of have it covered up and stuff. And, like, they don't let people look at stuff right away because, you know, they got to keep the anticipation going. But on this show, they actually, the bidders actually said that the people plant stuff in the bag so that they could have a show. I'm not saying they do that on Storage Wars, but I'm just saying that's what happened. Perhaps that's why that particular airline baggage 
lost property bidding program is no more. You know, or at least to the best of my knowledge, it is. I've not seen you know it on the our sad screens thing here. Is that even if the, I knew for a fact that they were doing that, I'd still watch it. Sometimes, I don't care. sometimes engineering is better than reality. Here's a question for you What's happened to Sue? I have news on Sue. I was scared to ask. Would is you she guys right? like to know where Sue is? Hit me. Because I have gossip. Hit me. She has gone to volunteer on an archaeological dig. Very dirty. Oh my god, you mean she's literally getting dirty? Literally. That's right. Do we know where this Isn't that archaeological dig is taking place? I have place? no idea. I mean, I know it's somewhere in the UK. I'm pretty sure it's somewhere in the UK, I'm assuming. That's what she did. Has she got a background in archaeology? I don't think so. I think she has a background in dirt. So she's there as a cleaner and helper? Yes. And possibly not in that order? Yes. Is this part of any television program in the, shall we say, time know. team mold? I don't or? know, but when she comes back, Dookie, we can ask her. And you know what? You know, you had Irene talking about her holiday. I was in Brighton, right? And I stayed in a hotel where I could see the dining room every time I came in and out and, you know, walked up and down the stairs. Yes. Busloads of people. In the morning, they're sitting in front of tea. 11 in the morning, they're sitting in front of pints of beer. 11 o'clock is standard opening hours. Now, call me a Puritan, but that seems a little early. I think it's a little bit puritanical. Yeah, okay. Yeah, for a Brit. So (laughs) every morning I'm going up. I was there for like three days. So And I'm looking and I'm like, okay, so now they're sitting in front of pints. And then I'd come back at like, I don't know, two or something. And they'd be sitting in front of more pints, but this time with like biscuits. Because it's, you know, like tea time, but they're not having tea, they're having beer. And then it was dinner. So then they'd have more pints. And then it would be evening. So then there's pints. And I was like, these people have come on holiday on these buses and they're sitting in front of liquid. Getting pissed by the seaside. It's a, a great British tradition. Yeah. Well, you know, she sounds like she had a good time. I believe that's exactly what Irene was doing. Yeah. yeah you know, when she was, I was like, oh, my God, it's, I may have seen her. If I had seen her, you know, I would have went and partied with her. But, you know, instead I was just... Smoking, And, you know, you could say that's as bad as drinking. You know, fine. They usually go together. At the end of the last Dookie radio show, Irene mentioned that she woke up in the morning, had tea. It was lovely tea. She then had a pint. It was a lovely pint. She then had another lovely pint. It was a lovely pint. And I think she moved on to shots by the end of the evening. Yeah, well, you know. Her liver must be pickled yeah, beyond uh, belief. He, he, I was the youngest person in this hotel by like 40 years, you're right? You're 28. You're, you're younger than most people. Well, yeah, you know, yeah, you know, it's fine. But, you know, these people were really, there was a lot of, you know, silver hair there in blue rinse. And, you know, what was I doing? I was sitting in front of my laptop with a cigarette on and Top Gear on in the background. So you were able to smoke in your hotel room? Well, yeah, well, that's the reason I stayed there is because I could smoke there. That is not standard fare no, here in the UK at all. No, it's not standard, and I'm not, you know, I'm not encouraged, you know, don't smoke, kids. But, you know, that's why I was there, and it was a cool hotel, and, you know, but, wow, they start drinking at 11. You started smoking at and I, find it, I do find it odd as well. I do find it odd. Do you, Sylvia? I do find it a little early, Dookie. Do you drink at 11 in the morning, Dookie? To quote Axel Rose, it's always eight something yes, in the true. evening somewhere. That is true. I suppose it's just being an American. I suppose it's just kind of one of those differences that's just quite quirky. You know, but then, you know, you'd go to the States, I suppose. I, I, you know, I always try to think of an equivalent so that we don't get, you know, we don't have these cultural barriers. So I guess the equivalent would be in the States, you might see people eating something very cakey for breakfast. And you would think, well, that's not really a breakfast food. Arguably pancakes with tons of sweet syrup on top of them and waffles would 
be the equivalent yeah. of, of that in so, a way. you know, it's no judgment. It's just saying it's... And very beautiful those can be in some diners. Uh, absolutely. And eating establishments across the Americas. I don't think I've ever had an alcoholic drink before six in the evening. Yeah, no, well, that's taking Puritanism too far. You know, I I've had the bottle Marsha a couple there. of times. You know, you know. It's you, a lovely lunchtime pipe, mate. You know, do give you, what's the earliest you've ever had a drink? Oh, goodness, I'm not the right person to. Yeah, so I remember hitting the bottle once because I was in a really bad way and things weren't going well for me. And I just, and I'm not a big drinker, but I just thought, you know what? Screw this. And it was eight in the morning. That's... Yeah, you know, it, you know, it was one day out of my entire life. Mm. You know, it's not like, and I knew it was wrong. I'm just, but you know, and you know, if you're at a wedding and they have like a buffet breakfast or whatever, you're gonna be hitting the mimosas, aren't you? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you gotta have a mimosa. I mean, there also have been some evenings which haven't stopped. So yeah, and where then does, you think, yeah, yeah. Where, where does the evening end and the morning begin? Absolutely. And, yeah, you know, I gotta poop. <laughs> <laughs> and on that lovely chode of a note, let's find out what smells in Dukey's car. For many people, the humble Volvo estate car, or station wagon, as it's known in other parts of the world, is the ultimate suburban family vehicle. An ideal means to get a family with two kids and a Labrador from point A to point B. My own Volvo 850 SE estate car, however, is very different. It's a rock and roll touring machine that's transported musicians and musical equipment to gigs across Europe. It's seen many venues and encountered even more smells. Now we're going to find out what smells in Dukey's car this week. Bonsoir. Here's a song about a man with a car and a big problem. Do you want to guess what smells in Dukey's car? I want to Yeah. And do you want to guess the stench in his mouth? And what the hell's the source of that whiff? What is causing that nasty nip? Investigating that funky pump in Dukey's car. Recently, while returning to London from a gig in East Anglia, one of my musical partners in crime requested a pit stop as he had developed a hunger which required immediate attention. We found a remote service station where he was pleased to find a pre-packaged sushi dinner with all the trimmings. Do trimmings come with a sushi box? They do now! And they certainly did that night in rural Suffolk. And... As a result, over the last few days, my car has mainly smelled of service station sushi. Ew. What's a dookie? It was the late 1980s in the northwest of England, and I was based in the warehouse district of Manchester, overlooking some potential property investments when I chanced upon a lanky lad with prominent bulging eyes and a permanent expression on his face that conveyed a certain troubled background. He and his lads offered to test the structural integrity of my potential building purchases by holding late-night events which were decidedly well attended and by very cheerful people who hugged me whenever they could. It was really nice. They lit the place up like a late 1960s kaleidoscope dream. It was lovely. The lanky chap appeared to be decidedly popular amongst the visiting youth to these late-night events. Perhaps it was due to his regular supply of mints and other sweets which he would give to them at regular intervals. He resembled a Pez dispenser when providing the warehouse disco attendees with their sugar fix. And when I 
told him about this likeness, he misheard me over the pinding dance beat and said, Oh, nice one, Bez, that's a top name. I've been looking for a fucking name. I'm going to have that name. It's great. Pez, or as he called himself, Bez. I wonder what became of him. Facebook Click on your mouse to our Facebook page Facebook It's easy to find, it will not take an age Facebook www.facebook.com Forward slash The Dukey Radio Show The Dukey Radio Show The thin white Dukey is right Click your way to the Dukey Radio Show Facebook page www.facebook.com forward slash the Dukey Radio Show The Dukey Radio Show The Dukey Radio Show Well that is your lot Guilty pleasures in food and television with a little bit of bowel humour and Mark Maron thrown in. My name is Dukey and I've been your host. May the worst of tomorrow be the best of yesterday. Thanks for listening. Now, without a doubt, and with a great deal of confidence, I will go and pop my weasel. Half a pound of tuppany rice, half a pound of treacle. That's the way the money goes. Pop goes the weasel.